0: Okay, there, turn me down. Sorry. Not in a negative way of repentance uh, am I looking at this ignorance. I'm looking at it as a positive way. And I, I hope that you will gather that as we uh, stand together and we read the scripture given to us by the Lord through the Apostle Paul. Let's begin reading in verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In verse 8, the Bible says, For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. (laughs) For I see that this letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God in order that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Let's pray together. Father, we ask your blessing today on your word, Lord, and instruct us from it. And help us to see that we are repenting correctly, that we are in relationship with you, that we understand what this repentance means this morning, that we desire to live it and not just to say it. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. If ever uh, there was a time in our churches today, uh, I feel that this is the moment that churches, uh, we need to repent. Christians, okay, I'm not talking about a lost man here necessarily at the moment. I'm talking about our churches. You know, we have been through a very uh, strange year for all of us uh, due to this uh, disease that has been inflicted upon us. And because of that, uh, we see a lot of things happening out of the ordinary. And now that we're trying to, as a church here and as other churches everywhere, we're trying to get back to where we were before this all began, we, we're seeing a lack of, of volunteers, a lack of people willing to serve in the church again. For whatever reason that may be, that's, it is what it is. But there are going to be times when I'm sure that the Lord convicts you about that. And there will be an opportunity for you to repent of that. The texts that were read today in our music service, both of them dealt with repentance. Gales said the word. Doyle's translation used a phrase called changing our mind. That's exactly what repentance is. It's a change. Of direction, a change of mind, a change of attitude, a change that happens. And you know, actually, repentance is a gift from God. In Gail's text, it talked about God's will was that all men would come to truth and repent. Dole's text was about a man who rejected truth, and when it came time to repent, he couldn't find it. And he couldn't do it because it was not available to him because he had pushed away things of God in his life. And so wherever you are in your life, I want you to think about repentance today, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. I hope that it comes across to you. As I said, it is a gift. It is something that you cannot produce in yourself. You don't just decide one day you're going to repent. It's a gift from God, He gives it to you, He arranges, He orchestrates the moment, the time, the whereabouts, the reason, and then He looks to you for your response. As we read in Doyle's text, Esau was not able to respond correctly. I pray that that's not you. I pray that when God brings you to that place that you are willing and looking forward to it and that you somehow are able to turn to God in repentance does repentance play into the Christian life? Certainly. Actually, when we repent of our sin to be saved, that's the beginning of our repentance. It's not a one-time action. It's not a one-time deal. You don't do it one time and it's over the rest of your life. You begin this repentance cycle in your life. The reason why is because we commit sin. First John 1.9 says if we confess our sin... Christ is able and willing to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's a repetitive thing that a Christian must do. The lack of this repentance now has created a weakness in the church. Not just here at Aaron Springs, but all churches everywhere. You know, we're we're looking for a music minister in our church, someone to help lead a choir. And half of you probably say, well, a choir, who cares? The other half of you say, I want to see a choir again. I want to participate in a choir. I I want to see that. But there has to be a level of commitment by choir members to have a choir. And I found, or heard anyway, I'm not sure how true it is, but I heard that there aren't any choirs in Lindsay anymore in churches Oh, there might be a kid's choir or somebody like, or might be a senior choir that goes sings at a nursing home here and there, but there's no choirs. There's no commitment. There's no repentance. There's a lack of it. So that brings weakness to us and we're not being cleansed. We're not being purified. And therefore we struggle and we have problems and troubles. God's bringing things back to order for us. It's time for us to repent. It's time for us to change our mind. It's time for us to turn around and come back to the way things were. There's three ways I want to talk to you about this repentance cycle. Number one, it seems like in evangelism today, when we go out and talk to people about the Lord, we're more interested in, in enlisting them than we are in causing them to repent. We're more interested in rolling them into the church, enrolling them in a program, enrolling them in a class, than we are about their repentance. That's where evangelism seems to be headed. It's not the right way, right? When a person repents and has a change of life, then he's looking for a place to serve. And man, there's plenty of places to serve. So this person doesn't have to be coerced into enrolling. He needs to be coerced into repenting, Right? And that repentance brings new life and new things. The modern Christian seems unwilling today to acknowledge their need to repent. As I said, it's not a one-time thing when you get saved. It's a daily thing. How often do you hear the word sin preached today or taught today? We just seem to kind of wash it around and throw it around in the mix and it becomes a part of our everyday life and none of us are really considering repenting of our sin and turning to a righteous and holy God. We've forgotten that we are in union with Adam. We are not advanced from Adam. We are not different than Adam. We were born under Adam, and in that birth, Adam rebelled against God. So you and I are born into that rebellion. And then came the curse. And now you and I live and operate under that curse. Repentance is necessary. It is vital to the Christian life. It is certainly vital to a person to come to Christ in in the beginning. How central is this theme of repentance in the Bible? Let's look at some verses that I have on the screen, maybe. Russell, make that click to the next one if you would. I believe it's in Luke chapter 24, verse 47. And this is the Great Commission from the book of Luke. Jesus said, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. How important is repentance? Jesus said it is of the utmost importance. Not just for salvation, but for life in Christ. Here's another one, Acts 20, verse 20. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you publicly, and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God. And faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is another one from Acts seventeen. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all men that all, uh, to men that all everywhere should repent, because He has fixed a day in which He will judge the world. the The apostle's message in the New Testament was repent. Amen. The day has been fixed as. The writer of Acts tells us in chapter 17 that God will judge the world, so men need to repent. Repentance is turning away from our sin and making a complete turn towards God. It is the changing of one's mind. It is the changing of his view. It is the changing of his values, his goals, his way of living, one's whole life is dependent upon this repentance it is a radical change it is an inward change it is an outward change it is a change of his mind it is the change of his judgments it is the change of his purposes it is the change of his will the change of his affections his behavior his lifestyle his motives All of these things are involved in our repentance. We don't say we repent, turn to God and grab a card from Him and put it in our pocket and say now we're saved and then turn back around and go back out in the world. We don't do that. Well, we're not supposed to do that. Christians shouldn't do that. Our turning to God is forever and permanent and the world is behind us now, and we don't try for it anymore. We don't want to be a part of it anymore. This is repentance. Repentance is all about my personal change. Right? We rely upon the Holy Spirit to bring that change to our life, but you and I are responsible to remain in that change. We are one obligated to Christ through that change that He has given us in the new birth. God is all about the change of a life. The change of a man. The change of a woman. How does God go about this change? He's given us this Word. Okay? This Word brings about the change that God is after. This Word is full of that change. This Word informs us of that change. The most popular or most famous verse in the Bible about the Bible itself is probably 2 Timothy 3.16. And here's what it says, all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This book was given to us to change you. It was given for you to read. It was given for you to obey. It was given for you to live this repentant life. Enabling you to, rel- uh, to live this life. How so? Because it teaches us how we should live to glorify God. It is also given to us and it's useful for convicting us so that we will change. Amen? Before I was a Christian, I read the Bible, did not convict me at all. But when I became a believer, I fell under the conviction of sin by the Holy Spirit through reading His Word. And I would tear that page out of my Bible because I didn't like what it said about me. Is that what we do? Do you have your Bible marked so you don't read that verse? Do you have your Bible marked so you don't turn to that chapter ever again? Of course we don't do that. We have our Bibles marked so that we can read those. So that we do turn to those verses. Because they're meant to change us. They're meant to give us a new way of living. A new angle. A new hope found in Jesus Christ. Scripture is useful for correction. So that we will repent. Right? So that we will repent. Wow. What would you do if you came to my office one day, and I'm just being silly here with an analogy, and I said, hey, uh, what's up? And you said, well, I need to talk to you. I've got a drinking problem. I'd say, oh, wow, okay, let's sit down and talk. And you would say, I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit so bad, but I don't know what to do. And if you were in my office and I told you this, okay, let's not take this all at once. How much are you drinking a day? And you told me how much you drank. And I said, well, why don't you cut that into thirds? Just drink two-thirds of that today. And do that for a couple of months. And then a couple of months later, drink one-third of that. And, and then let's go on and, and then just wean yourself off of this. And you'd look at me like, what? Or if you came in and you said, I, I, I've got a, a physical violent problem. And I said, okay, are you beating up on your wife? Yes. Well, let's, let's just not deal with this suddenly. Let's just deal with this uh, temporarily. And you only hit her five times this next week. And you only hit her three times the week after that. And let's just wean yourself off of this. Come on. Right? Is that what we do when we come to God and He says, Repent and turn away from your sin and turn to Me and I'll set you free? And we say, well, God, I'm going to wean off of my sin. God says, nah, that ain't how it works. I will empower you to stop it immediately. I will empower you to quit it today, right now. I'll give you everything you need to repent and turn to me. I will supply it to you. And man, we jump on that, don't we? You people that are Christians, you know. You know how that works. God takes those desires away from us. I don't have a desire to punch my wife anymore. I don't have a desire to drink anymore. I don't have a desire to do drugs anymore. I don't have a desire to commit adultery anymore. I don't have these desires anymore. Right? Because God empowers us to do what's right when we repent. When we turn away from our sin and we are sincere about it. This repentance changes my whole way of looking at things. It's all about repentance. God transforms men with this book. Right? You become salt and light by this book. Right? You love it, reading it. God's empowered you with it. And now you want to go out and live it. How do I know that this is the way God does it? Couple of verses, John 17, 17. Jesus said these words, sanctify them. What's that mean? Cleanse them, Lord. Cleanse them in the truth. Thy word is truth. I'm going to be cleansed by this word. Amen. Here's another one Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. Verse 11, thy word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. You see, this word gives us the ability to be transformed. This word shows us how to be transformed. This word gives us the way. Let me ask you something. When your flesh gets all chaffed, I don't mean your skin, okay? I mean your flesh. When it gets all chafed and you get uh, uh, discouraged, you get restless about the preaching that's going on in this church, or the leadership that's going on in this church, or even the uh, fellowship that's going on in this church. And you think to yourself, well, is this the way I want my church to be? Do I want less emphasis on repentance and the changing of my ways? If you get aggravated with the things that are happening at the church, is that your goal is to have less change and less repentance in you? Or is it more that you need? How about this? When you get restless with things the way they're going, is it that you're looking to be less holy and less Christ-like in your life? You stop doing things because you want to do less for Him in your life? I would say no, but that's what's happening. That's what's taking place in your life. There's less happening for you, not more. Do you want a church that's less righteous? Do you want a church that's less satisfied spiritually? Do you want a church that hungers and thirsts for righteousness? Less or more? That's what God's asking you this morning. When you get aggravated, when things don't go how you think they should... When your flesh gets chaffed, something rubs you under the skin the wrong way, is that what you're looking for? Is less? Certainly not, I would say. You want more, but our text is saying, this is what's happening. Repentance is at the heart of the Christian message. A change of direction. A change of conduct. A change of values. A change of attitude. Lifestyle. It is crucial For the ones who are claiming Christ to repent. We want you to come to this church. We want you to be changed. We want you to follow the word. We want you to repent. But guess what? There's going to be people that are unwilling to change. There's going to be people that are out in the world and they're going to come and hear the gospel message here at this church and they're not going to want to give up what they're doing. Guess what? They'll stop coming. They'll quit. They'll walk away. Because they won't change. They don't want to change. To come to Christ, if I asked every Christian in this room, did you have to give up anything to come to Christ? You would say, I gave up everything to come to Christ. There was nothing in my life at that moment that was more important than me and Jesus Amen, brother. And when you came to Him, like the Bible says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. When you came to Him, He did take some things away from you, but He also let you keep a lot of what you had, a lot of what you were doing. You might have been a father. He let you keep those kids. You might have been a husband. He let you keep your wife. You might have had a great job. He let you keep that job, but there were some things He wanted you to give up. So the idea of repentance is not coming and getting saved and then going back to how I am. The idea is coming, being saved, being changed inside, and then looking for what He wants me to do, where He wants me to go, what He wants me to have, giving up the things that He doesn't want me to have. And guess what? It's not hard. It is not difficult to give up sin, okay? Sin will drag you to the bottom of life. Guess what? That's where God found me. I was at the bottom of the barrel of humanity. And God found me there. And He called my name and He picked me up and was I going to go back there? No way did I want to go back there. And I knew how to get there, too. But God offered me new things, new life. Man, I was soaking that up. I wanted that change. I needed that change in my life. And so God was willing to work with me and give me that change. Now, what happens? Repentance is the description of a Christian life. When you become a Christian, all true Christians are repenters. Okay? If you're a Christian today and you're not repenting, something's wrong. Something's amiss. All true Christians are repenters. They do it every day. They never stop repenting. What's the goal of my repenting? Well, the goal is for me to be closer to Jesus Christ. To bring me closer in relationship to Him. Repentance is a companion of faith. Okay? You have faith, you have repentance. You have repentance, you have faith. That's how it works. They never separate, they never go apart. They are working together. And the goal of repentance is to bring me closer to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. If Jesus sent His Spirit into this room, which I I understand the Spirit of God dwells in us as believers, so He's already here in you believers... But on top of that, let's say that He sent His Spirit into this room. How would we know? How would we know that the Holy Spirit is in this room with us? Well, the Bible gives us the answer. Okay? Number one, Jesus would be magnified among us right now. That's what the Bible says. When the Holy Spirit comes, He's not here about Himself. He's here about Jesus. And he lifts Jesus up wherever he is. So if the Holy Spirit came in this room, Jesus would be glorified and magnified among us right now. We would bust out in worship and celebration of the Lord Jesus Christ if the Holy Spirit flooded this room. Amen? That's biblical. That's not Brother Clay's perspective. Another way that we would know something is that you and I would fall under the conviction of our sin. Immediately. When, a, when an angel or the Lord approached a man in the Old or even really the New Testament, what did that man do? Boom! Fell face first on the ground. Undeserving of being in the presence of Holiness. Under the conviction of his sin. When Peter was in the boat and he realized it was Jesus, he said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. You see, the Holy Spirit was given by the Lord to convict us of our sin and judgment and righteousness. So if the Holy Spirit came in this room, we would bust out in praise lifting up the name of Jesus, and then we would fall under conviction of our sin. And God would want you to do what with that? Come on. What am I preaching on? He would want you to repent. The reason we repent is so that we can be closer to the Lord and closer to Jesus in righteousness, closer to Jesus as He washes us clean. But listen, there's some here, even here in this room today, that aren't going to repent. Oh, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to worship and I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. I've got my heels dug in, right? I'm not going to let anybody tell me, especially that preacher. The preacher's not telling you this morning. I don't get up here and tell you my opinion. I tell you what God's Word is saying to us. Repent. Repent and repent. Jesus exalted. Jesus, our conviction of our sin. There's many people who profess Jesus Christ, but they have very little conviction of their sin because they are hardened in their core, in their heart, and their conscience is all seared over. Their gospel is a gospel of Man. A gospel of men. Could there be good news of men? Of course there is. We see it all over the world. We see it in all the churches. It's a man-centered gospel. It's the where it's in the place where man is made right with himself. If I can go to church and feel good about myself by going and doing, then I have satisfied my deepest need. And that was to feel part or connected or or forgiven, or whatever the case may be. But if you're coming for your feelings to feel good about yourself, then the gospel that you follow is the gospel of you. The good news of you, rather than the good news of God. You see, because we're sinners, God gives us opportunity to repent of that sin and come into relationship with the Holy God. So when I walk in these doors, I should be in a place where I know that I need to repent so that I can get into that closer relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ. Repent, repent, repent. What was the message Jesus preached when He showed up here? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and that message continues today even for you and I Christian don't think that you're when you feel right within yourself that you are following God's gospel first God's gospel will cause you to be convicted of your sin it's not going to make you feel good about yourself Your church attendance isn't going to make you feel good about yourself. It should convict you of your sin. You should come to learn how to live that repentant life before God. A gospel of fulfillment rather than a gospel of forgiveness. Oh, and you say, Preacher, but I have come to Christ. Well, the preacher says, But where have you come from? Did you come out of repentance to Christ? Did you come out of a changed life to Christ? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There was a Sunday school teacher, and his lesson was on repentance, and he asked his class, when should we repent? I'm sorry, one of the class members said to the teacher, when should we repent? And the teacher said, repent on the last day of your life. And the student said, but we don't know when that will be. And the teacher said, then repent today. I say the same to you. You don't know the last day of your life. So repent today. Now, in this place. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to bless us. Father, forgive us for our stubbornness in the way that we... um, Address you the way we feel about you, Lord. The way that we think is right. You've shown us today what repentance is. And I pray, Lord, that you give everyone here the courage to to do it. I pray you give me the courage to accomplish it. I know that it comes from you and only you. And I pray if one is in their conviction now, that you would bring them and set them free and let them know it. And let us worship with them. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.